Welcome, adventurers! This is MuseCast 14, your podcast for everything roleplay in the world of Eorzea. Or should I say, welcome back? <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I'm still your co-host, Remix Sakura. And I am still your co-host, Emmy. And wow, it's been a while since we've spoken to you, dear listeners. <laughs> Indeed, we started our hiatus back at, I believe, the beginning of this year, uh, but we are finally back. And some of you may have uh, known that we were on hiatus for personal reasons, but during that time we were able to manage to take part in some things on our own servers while we were going through all of these tough times. So now, of course, things have very much improved and we are really, really happy to be able to get back into producing these episodes for all of you. But you might be curious, what exactly have we been up to? So we are hoping to discuss all of that in this mini episode. Yeah, today we're going to do kind of an extended story time segment to let you know what we've been up to in 2018 so far, because wow, it seems to have flown by. Oh, it really has. I remember back when Natsuki was holding a Turning of the Heavens RP event. Sheesh. He's held two more since then. One was around the Make It Rain season in May, also around the time when male bunny outfits were released, so of course that was a cause for celebration. Oh my goodness. And he hosted a pool party for Moonfire Fair. So needless to say, I've been really, really involved with RP on the Gilgamesh server, which has also gotten a lot more active over the past year. That's definitely true. A lot has changed over on Gilgamesh from the time that the server locked to the time that it unlocked. And since it unlocked, the roleplay community, it seems like, has grown and has become a lot better organized, I think. For sure. Not only have people migrated here or created alts here, some solely for the purpose of roleplay, which is... A shocking idea, maybe in itself, to think that Gilgamesh is a roleplay destination. Yeah, that is very, very strange. I was over at the Moonfire Fair event that you were throwing, Remix, and I saw a good number of people who had come over from other servers, including some people who we knew from Lich who just decided to come over and heard about the event and took part. So even though, of course, it's definitely not your Baumung or your Mateus, both of which I believe have, you know, continued to be active, especially Mateus as it's grown, Gilgamesh is becoming a little bit more of a happening place in terms of roleplay. And it's really, really nice to see that other people are just even coming to visit our little server. Well, it's, it's still pretty <laughs> big, but our little roleplay community within our bigger server. Indeed, indeed. It's almost like I spend more time facilitating other people's roleplay than I do actually roleplaying nowadays, <laughs> which I'm perfectly happy with. Yeah, you know, on Gilgamesh at least, I've been spending a lot of time facilitating events as well, so I really haven't had a whole lot of time to roleplay. But it's always really nice to be able to just kind of take a break and not really be a host, but just kind of enjoy it and, and have fun with my characters. For sure. Yeah, most of the time, though, I've been focused on a lot of events from within my own housing ward in the Goblet. And what initially was the mansion I had talked about on a previous episode at some point, um, where it was just going to be a, a singular event hub 
within one property has now turned into a bunch of friends moving into the ward from all different FCs, all different play styles, and they've all, you know, come together to hold these sorts of events. And so a number of events I've held, including a hide-and-seek event, which that's not a role-play event, but I have had an event where it started out actually as a, a performance event. It was uh, supposed to be a drag show. And the person who initially came to me saying, hi, I want to use your house for an event, can we do that? And I, of course, said sure, ended up going to a role-play event. And loved it so much that he decided, hey, let's reincorporate some roleplay elements into this. So he brought over Lutz, who is one of the bartenders in one of the regular bar nights that goes on on Gilgamesh. And they mm -hmm. had a bar night before the drag show. And then when it was time for the drag show to start, we then said, hey, we hope you've enjoyed the bar night so far. Feel free to continue roleplaying and, and having fun. But watch our show too, watch our performances. And so that was a blast for people who wanted to role play. They, of course, could. For people who were just there to enjoy the show, also welcome. And yeah, it was a great sort of mix of role play elements and just a, a more traditional, if, if you can call performance events traditional, but that, that sort of event. <laughs> kind of a social event, also. Yeah. Really, it was a social event. And there was one more event that I was able to take part in as a facilitator slash host, and that was a Poke Minion tournament. And this event that I decided to host was actually something that I wanted to use as like a transition to get people into roleplay without really knowing that they're roleplaying. Does that make any sense? It does. <laughs> yeah, so basically, there's a very, very common type of event that you will see on Balmung or Mateus or even Gilgamesh um, that is a fight night. And what a fight night is, some of you may know already, but it is putting one player against another and using random numbers to figure out whether your attack hits or whether it's a miss. And after so many hits, of course, that decides the victor of your battle. So this Pokemonian event incorporated that with minions fighting instead of the people. And so it was pretty fun. And we had a lot of people who weren't really interested in role-playing, but we sort of made it so that you could just call out the name of your attacks if you wanted to. And you didn't have to describe your attack if you didn't want to, but for the most part, people did. And it was just kind of a good way to just imagine things that were a little bit outside of the box. That does sound so, so awesome. Yeah. Why not cross over FF14 with other games that people love like Pokemon? Yeah, no, so it was it was a lot of fun. And we had people who were interested in even creating that sort of event on their own server. So I'm planning on having another one in the future. But long story short, with all these event summaries is both of us have been pretty involved with events on our own server while we have been working through this. We haven't even gone into the Lilac Ward hide-and-seek. Oh, goodness, I forgot about that. Yeah, so the Lilac Ward, when I said earlier about the housing ward with a bunch of friends in it, we decided then to have a ward-wide event. We put together this big hide-and-seek event where you would basically go on a scavenger hunt to try and find six different Lollafell who were hidden around the ward, but there were more than six actually hidden, 
and you had a time limit to do it. And it was actually a pretty challenging hide and seek. I think over half of the people didn't end up completing it, but we still ended up giving away consolation prizes. And I, I think that was a whole lot of fun too. So it was a good way for people to get to know each other, but also make it, you know, an accessible thing for everybody could help out in some way. They could donate prizes. They could just decorate their yard. They could be a hider. So yeah, that was, that was another event that happened. One event that I attended which interestingly straddled the line between game, social event, and RP event was an Eorzean Nimble Warrior Challenge, which was centered around the jumping puzzle that appeared in Costa del Sol for Moonfire Fair, you know, as part of the official quest. Mm -hmm. There was the quest part of the jumping puzzle and then the super hard advanced level part of the jumping puzzle. With the toothpick jumps. Yeah. <laughs> But the basic idea was that the contestants would do the jump puzzle, but under a time trial, and the first to complete would get a greater choice of prizes. Now, a lot of folks from the RP community happened to show up to this event, and it was organized by some of the same people. So some of us that showed up ended up basically chatting in character, because if you see a friend that you know in character, of course, you're going to say hi. You might throw up your RP status, or you might not. You might just start speaking in quotes to indicate that you're speaking from your character's point of view. And I was doing that with some of my friends, but not everybody was, and you certainly weren't obligated to do so. You could just do the jump puzzle and not speak at all. And when you have a lot of the same people coming to these events, actually there was a good crossover between the people that were in Eorzean Nimble Warrior and the people that were in Lilac Ward Hide and Seek. When you're all just kind of friends on the server, sometimes the line gets blurred about what's an RP event and what's not. Is it an RP event because people start RPing spontaneously? Or is it an RP event if it's intended to be? What happens if everybody from the roleplay community just shows up and just plays a game? I mean, who cares what the difference is if everyone shows up and has fun? Yeah, I think that may be something that's a little bit more exclusive to like your smaller servers. And, and maybe mm -hmm. I'm wrong about that. But where you have a smaller roleplay community, I think it makes things a little bit more accessible to sort of blur the lines or to make it open and accessible for people who both want to roleplay and people who don't. And it's a really good way to sort of transition between, you know, here we do have a roleplay community, but there's a big part of our server culture that's embedded in other things. And so they may not be interested in roleplay, but look, we can all get along regardless of what we what we may be into. Indeed, indeed. And I have to give a lot of credit to the other people that are organizing events regularly on Gilgamesh. I think one of the things that has made this surgence of events in 2018 possible was that at the beginning of the year, we started an official Gilgamesh RP calendar. And that was a project that I was heavily involved in. We set it up on Google Calendar, and then a team of us basically either that own event venues, are the leaders of RPFCs, or are otherwise just heavily involved in contributing, went and reorganized all of the Gilgamesh discords so that we had a nice, well-organized central hub and also a team of, you could say, moderators or organizers. And it's entirely merit-based. It's based on how much you contribute. The more you hold events the more influence you can have in how things go on Gilgamesh. I mean, I wasn't able to put forth my suggestion of Google Calendar unless I had been known for 
holding events regularly over the past two years. So I like the way that we've reorganized things. We've kind of gotten our shit together. We have not only the Google Calendar, but a bot that announces when events are happening over in Discord, just to give you a little alert. It'll say such and such starts in one hour. We mentioned Lutz's bar night a little while ago. That's been the longest running bar night that happens on Saturdays with an FC called Gambit. But now there's actually three regular bar nights. Wow. There's also the regular fight night every other week. There's even also out of character events like map parties that get regularly scheduled, you know, for that social aspect of it. Maybe even just doing content together. You know, we're all just friends. We're all here to play the game in addition to RP. Yeah, and I think all of that organization, even though that sort of structure I think has been around on servers like Baomeng and Mateus for a while, it's really nice to now have it on Gilgamesh because now everybody can see what exactly is going on. And it's so, so easy to figure out and to organize any sort of event that you might want within that roleplay community. Yes, so it can be done, maybe even on your server, dear listener. Speaking of Baomeng, though, now that I think of it, we we did end up having some new faces on Baomeng when it was unlocked, right? Oh yeah, the great unlocking and then the great relocking, but, you know, it was open for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I really don't anticipate it opening up anytime soon, but while it was open... We did end up making some new characters on Baomeng. Yeah, you might see them around, but we're not the only ones that were interested in migrating to the greatest hub of RP still in FF14. Oh yeah, that is right. We did have, uh, more recently, a certain organization who we've mentioned on the show before, A Stage Reborn, migrated some of their efforts over to Baomeng as well to try and get access to the bigger talent pool and the larger population that's over on Baomeng. So A Stage Reborn is putting a lot of their larger productions onto Baomeng. Um, but they, they moved over there and they also put their social hub on Gilgamesh, where we are. And a lot of content creators also found their way over to Gilgamesh now that I think of it. Yeah, actually, A Stage Reborn did just announce that what they're going to do on Gilgamesh is hold workshops to teach people how to do this in-game theatrics, how to act how to decorate the house, and they're going to put on shorter plays with the talent that they're creating through these workshops, which is a really, really cool idea. It's nice because it's more of a shorter term effort as opposed to, you know, putting months and months and months of practice into a longer play. So if you don't want maybe as much of a time commitment, then one of these workshops might be something to look into. Indeed, indeed. But hey, when the floodgates opened on Gilgamesh, one of the first people to move over was Maelstrom Radio and their entire FC. <laughs> they did. They brought everybody over. Uh, they got a house when we got a lot of the new wards. Wards uh, 13 through 18, they ended up getting a house over there. And I believe we had some people from She Heals I Tank, right? Come over as, as alts anyway. Yeah, they joined Maelstrom Radio's FC, which was renamed Umbra. And even though they didn't move off Adamantois, that's still their home. They rolled alts on Gilgamesh to come and join and, uh, you know, hang out with all the cool kids. <laughs> yeah, so it's really nice. We have all of these content creators now just gathering in this hub on Gilgamesh. Of course, Scoot and Natsuki have been here forever. We're hmm. the OGs. We're the OGs, OGs. yo. <laughs> Original Gilgameshians. 
<laughs> so let's see. We've gone over everything on Gilgamesh. We've gone over a lot of the things that have happened on Baomeng as of recently. What about Lich, our our alt server with our uh, Sultan Sworn FC, actually, which got renamed? We rebranded. Yes, we can't forget about our second home over on the European Chaos Data Center, Lich, which I believe is one of the bigger roleplay hubs on Chaos. I believe Omega is the biggest, but Lich, I would argue, is the second biggest. Lich definitely has grown. I will say that much. Oh, yeah. So our free company has always been focused around NPC roleplay and being a haven for those of us that want to bend the lore a little bit and show our tribute and our love for our favorite characters. So that's one of the reasons why we picked a smaller server, just because the culture on places like Belmong isn't as friendly to that type of RP because it is sort of lore bending. However, we did actually find some kindred spirits. We found another NPC-centric free company called the Non-Playable Company, tagged NPC. They play on Balmung, and they do their thing, everyone from major characters to minor characters, despite the backlash that they get from some aspects of the hardline, lore-obedient RP culture. And I think that's really cool that they're just doing their thing no matter what people think. And we partnered up with them and decided that it would be best if we rebranded too, just to show that our focus has always been around NPC roleplay. And hey, if you're curious to try out roleplaying an NPC and like us, you don't think it's wrong or lore breaking or immersion breaking, and you're looking for a server with a friendly and laid back RP culture, Maybe try coming over to Lich. So we called our free company Notorious Playable Characters, also tagged NPC. So we're, we're kind of sibling FCs, one on a big server, one on a small server. Right. And, and we're working together, so it's not like you have to transfer from one server to another. But you can always consider, you know, just making a, a character on Lich. Yeah, because so many of us are alts anyway, or are altaholics. <laughs> I have many, many. Looks at my anonymo army. <laughs> uh, so we can't talk about Lich RP without talking about what has been the stalwart heart of event planning. That's Silver Valkyrie events and our friend Morgana Brown. It's really hard to overstate the amount of work that she and her group have put into facilitating RP on Lich. However, we're glad to know that other groups recently have stepped up and become involved. One of them is called Lich Congress, which recently held a fashion show. And that was really nice to see. Also another sort of semi-RP, semi-social event. And there's even another FC called the Stray Sheep that started something that Lich has really, really needed for a while, which is a regular weekly bar night. More bar nights, you say? More bar nights, yeah! Now, knowing some of the folks involved in that FC, I talked to them about what their bar night is like, and it's nice to see that keeping with that easygoing culture, they consider it an RP night, but they don't enforce in-character conversation just in case maybe a role player wants to bring a friend over and turn it into more of a social event. You may have multiple conversations going on, some in character, some out of character. And you may say, well, this is a loosening of the rules, but it makes the whole thing less intimidating for people who 
maybe want to experiment with role play, but just aren't ready yet. They get to be observers. So the Stray Sheep's Weekly Bar Night, you could say, is a half RP, half social event. And that makes it a lot more accessible to people. I don't know what the future will end up bringing in terms of having full RP events or transition RP events, but I think as far as being a good first step toward that direction, you know, toward being more roleplay friendly, the Stray Sheep thing is, is amazing. Oh, yeah. And now that it's September and Talk Like a Pirate Day is coming up. It is? Mm. <laughs> I did not know. I, I always forget when that is. The Admiral may have something planned. So we all know that September 19th is Worldwide Talk Like a Pirate Day. Unfortunately, that's also two days after the release of Patch 4.4. So the weekend after, we're going to hold the second annual, what I like to call Pirate Heritage Day. And it's based on the idea that I wanted to transfer Talk Like a Pirate Day into some sort of logical in-universe equivalent. And thinking like Mrovab, I thought something that she might like to do in Limsa would be to appeal to, for lack of a better term, the pirate community <laughs> by doing piratey things like drinking on a boat and step dancing and doing treasure hunts, which we can do through maps. There's going to be a new Canals of Uznair, <laughs> just out of coincidence. But that also acknowledge that Limsa is no longer a pirate city. However, it has piracy in its past. So by calling it Pirate Heritage Day, it acknowledges Limsa's culture and the fact that aspects of pirate culture are always going to be part of Limsa culture, while also keeping her political stance that we are not pirates. We just come from pirates. So there is an in-character component to that. And I want to write some more about that on my Tumblr, kind of my thoughts about what Morova would be thinking. So if you'd like to attend... Lich is always free for character creation. Check our website, MusecastXIV.com, or our Twitter, at MusecastXIV, and we'll remind you at the end all of our social media links. But in conclusion, Lich is also a pretty happening place to be. And so, I guess to wrap things up here, we can say as, as a whole, a lot has been going on over the, the year so far. But it's really, really, really great to be able to come back to MuseCast 14 and... You know, now now that everything is a lot more manageable, we can start working on this again. You know, this this labor of love and bringing all of these updates to lore and, and to roleplay to you. Yeah, so let's talk about what's coming up in the future. All right. Well, I remember we, we left off on an episode about the Scions of the Seventh Dawn, and we had deliberately left out Minfilia from that episode. So we are planning as our next episode, I believe, to return to that, to talk about Minfilia, but not just Minfilia, and more so what makes a good character. You know, why, why do so many people dislike Minfilia? Why is there so much debate around her? And how can you maybe apply what we learn from Minfilia and, and how she's written to the way that you may end up writing your own characters? Yeah, specifically, it deals with issues surrounding female characters, because there's definitely a way to do them right, because there's so many great female characters, uh, like Nanamo and Robo and Kane, and, and the list goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> and there's less great ways to write them. But what is it that makes a good, complex, well-fleshed-out female character? And how can we apply 
real life lessons, even feminist concepts, to this video game. But wait, dear listener, there is more! <laughs> Haha, Eureka emote! As part of our mission to bring, you know, Musecast to you, we have some interviews lined up for the future. Indeed, we can only tease a couple, but one of them will be with Wonder Sabaku of A Stage Reborn. And some more very, very cool people from the community. Some of which will still remain anonymous while we're still scheming. <laughs> yes. But wait, there's still more. <laughs> yeah, you know, the one reason why you know why 2018 is not over. I know why. Because FanFest. <laughs> Both of us managed to Ooh. to survive the, the ticket line. That, that ticket queue online, and it was really Remix who was the one who was able to survive it. She was the <laughs> one who got my ticket, but we, we have tickets for FanFest, and so we are still yes. planning on doing something very similar to what we did the last time we were at FanFest. So we'll be out there with some, some more loot to give out, and we will also, of course, be holding interviews with anybody who may want to talk about roleplay. So if you happen to find us at FanFest, feel free to say hi. We'd be glad to interview you. Indeed. We want to meet not only you, dear listeners, but last time we were at FanFest, we brought you Anonymous and Ethis Asher. Could there be another big star? We will find out. Hmm. We will see. Please look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> and very, very soon after that comes the return of another important, highly anticipated event, and that's Extra Life. Yes, last year we had an amazing result where we raised, I don't even remember how much it was, we raised a lot of money for hospitals within the Children's Miracle Network network. And so we plan on doing that again. Of course, there will be more streaming involved. And I think this year we'll still end up doing something similar where we'll end up splitting our time um, streaming instead of doing all of the stream at once within one day. Indeed, that really seems to be the better idea because even though Extra Life is centered around one big game day, it's not fair to the viewers to have to choose between who they're going to watch and who they're going to support and donate to just because everyone's happening at the same time. Right. So we plan on hosting, you know, a marathon, but maybe like two mini marathon days, similar to what we did last year. But Extra Life isn't something that only goes on for a couple days a year. Extra Life goes on. People have been fundraising for our, our content creators team since the beginning of the year. So you can come in at any time and watch any of our streams. And if you'd like to donate to Extra Life, please do. Oh, yeah. With the return of the podcast, we'll also be the return of regular streaming on our Twitch channel. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, we streamed a really, really successful RP event on Lich centered around The Rising. Even though that was our first stream in a while, it was so much fun. We had people come on voice chat. People were enjoying themselves, not only in the event, but on stream. In addition to streaming special events, we want to go back to our regular story time streams, where we run you through the main scenario of Final Fantasy XIV in various points on some of our various alts. Probably we'll continue with my character, Rubik Sakura on Excalibur, with the end of Heaven's Word. That's something that I really, really enjoy. So make sure that you're following us on Twitch. And you can find our Twitch channel, of course, at twitch.tv forward slash musecastxiv. 
And while you're at it, you can listen to more of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or follow us on one of our social media accounts. We, of course, have our website hosted through Tumblr, and that is at musecastxiv.com. Or you can go on to Facebook and find us. Just look up MuseCast14, same way to spell it, and you will find us there. Or follow us on Twitter at MuseCastXIV. And if you want to take part in some of the conversation that we're having about roleplay and about our podcast as well, you can find us on Discord. Just go to our website and there should be a button directing you to that server. Indeed. And if you like what you heard and you would like to support us in some way, you can do that through one of three ways now. Of course, we have our Patreon option, where for a monthly donation, you can get access to bonus content, all the things that we wanted to talk about but just didn't get a chance to on the podcast, and you can get access to episodes 24 hours before they're actually released, which is a really, really nice perk to have. You can also make a one-time donation to us through our PayPal. And for both of those donation types, you can go to our website, musecastxiv.com, and click on the shiny blue buttons. Yes. And of course, with our Twitch account going, you can always subscribe to us on Twitch. All the money from our Twitch subscriptions goes back toward our streaming efforts, and our Patreon and PayPal donations go back toward the production of MuseCast 14 itself. So there are lots of different ways that you can support us in some way. Indeed. For example, some of those funds went to Emmy's recent soundproofing efforts, which was one of the things that kept us on hiatus. If you want to inform our listeners a little bit about that. Of course. So I'll I'll do a very quick summary of this. When I first moved to Texas, which is where I am now, I found out very quickly that the place where I was living was next to a busy road and a railroad. And as a result, I needed a better place than just my desk to record. So um, thanks to some very, very generous supporters, um, we were able to get material to treat the walls of my closet. And since then, I've actually moved to be closer to my job, but I was able to take all of that soundproofing gear with me. And so that is now what you're listening to right now. Uh, So thank you very much to everybody who supported that being built. Yeah, I really have to give a special thanks to everyone who's a Patreon subscriber because you've stuck with us through this hard time. You haven't unsubscribed, even though out of courtesy, out of respect, I did pause the Patreon donations for the vast majority of that time that we were not producing content. Yeah, we we just didn't think it was fair for you to not get anything back for your donations, so we just paused it, but it's great to be back, and and thank you so much for sticking with us, all of you Patreon patrons. Oh yes, you the real MVP. And we also have a really, really special thanks to give out to the person who sent us a gift, our first piece of genuine fan mail. So Talis Marvelous sent us some coasters from the Eorzea Cafe over in Japan, and so the two of us, of course, split those up, I don't exactly remember which coasters I ended up getting, but I know Paladin was one of them, and that is the most important. <laughs> <laughs> I also gave you the Bahamut one. I kept for myself Miner, Scholar, and Good King Mugumog. Aw, that's cute. Talas was such a trooper that when the first batch got lost in the mail, he sent a second set from another trip to Japan. I mean, Wow. That is absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for for sending us that, Talis. 
Yeah, of course. I'm never going to put any drinks on them. They're sitting on the shelf know, as right? collector's items. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never going to use them because they're so nice. <laughs> and last but not least, if you are listening to this, our comeback episode, I really have to thank you personally, dear listener. Yeah, you've stuck around from whenever you whenever you started listening to this podcast until now. And even though it's been, what, nine months? Nine months or so? Yeah. Eight months? <laughs> It's, it's sweats, sweats nervously. Even though it's been a while, I'll put it that way, even though it's been quite a while, you stuck with us, you're listening to us now, and so thank you very much for sticking with us all this time, and we really, really hope that you'll continue to listen and and take part in this. Yeah, I really believe that our best things are yet to come. I mean, FanFest has me so, so hyped. There's so much more in MuseCast's future that I hope that you'll be around for it along with us. We are so excited for this. Yes, but for the immediate future, in our next episode, we will be discussing writing complex female characters, aka the Minfilia episode. Please look forward to it. And until then, happy adventuring, and we will see you next time. Yep, see you next time. Thanks for listening to MuseCast 14. Tune in next time when we'll be discussing writing complex female characters. Happy adventuring, and may you ever walk in the light of the crystal.